Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a man who loved running. All right, he, he loved running for health. He loved running for fun. He even loved running to get groceries, all right? Um, but there was a problem. There's a problem with his shoes, actually. They were causing him pain, and then the pain was like leading to injury, and then the smiles that he once had, they turned to frowns. So he figured out, man, I gotta get my shoes replaced. So he goes to the shoe store, and they give him a pair of new shoes. And, and wow, I mean, amazing, what a difference those shoes made. I mean, the, the, the problems and the pain, they, they went away. The smiles, they came back. It was just, it was a really good situation. It was awesome, all right? But, but you know what this guy did with his old shoes? Sometimes he would just kind of put them back on, you know, like on his feet. And he would wear them. I know what you're thinking, like, that's, that's really stupid. But he, he, he just had so many good memories with those shoes, you know? And he was just like so used to the way life felt and running felt when he ever put those old shoes on. And predictably, um, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, right? But predictably, the problems and the pain from the past, well, they came back, didn't they? Yeah, so um, this man's name was not Forrest Gump. It is Pastor Bill. Yeah, so you thought you had a smarter pastor, and I'm here to disappoint you. So that's all the time we have for today. I'm just kidding. Okay, so um, listen, we're not going to talk a whole lot more about uh, running, but we are going to talk a whole lot more about the difference that Jesus can make in each of our lives. It's the Jesus difference in you and me. All right, so, so just think about this. Are there things in life that you want to start doing? All right, like, like, like I want to start doing this good thing. I want to frame it a little more specifically, this good thing. You know, I want to be more like God here. Are there, are there things that maybe you should stop doing? Like maybe sinful things, things that you know, man, God's not thinking that's a good idea. I need to stop doing that. Are there changes that God is calling you and leading you to make in your life. If that's the case, I wanna encourage you right now. I hope we're just super encouraged this morning by God's grace. I wanna encourage you in this. If you have Jesus, you have a chance to change. Can we say that second part? In fact, I'll say the first part together and why don't we all say the second part together? If you have Jesus, you have a chance to change. Let's try one more time. If you have Jesus, you have a chance to change. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with that, but before we have too much fun, let's start with some prayer, okay? Let's invite Jesus into this thing we're doing here today. Father, we thank you for this day. It's a gift. We didn't earn it, God. You give it to us, and we say thank you. I pray in these precious few minutes that we get to share here together as a Fox River family here at Waukesha and all our campuses, our online community. God, all of us together as one church, God, we thank you for these precious minutes, and we ask you to do what only you can do, God, by your grace. Help us to hear from you. And God, when we hear from you, Lord, Help us to understand what you're trying to tell us. It's so easy to like not decode properly or to have a clouded mind where we just don't hear from you in the way that you desire for us to hear and understand. 
God, I pray that we hear and understand this weekend. And God, even furthermore, again, by your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that you would give your people and those coming to you this weekend for the first time, I pray there's many of us, Lord, that we would turn to you and we would choose to follow you in faith. God, that you might be glorified. That is the heart of our prayer, Lord, that you alone would be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, and we all say together, amen. All right. Hey, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to spend our time today, Ephesians chapter 4. Turn there uh, in your Bible if you got it, or on your digital device of choice. Sorry for my voice. I'm getting over a little cold, and um, I had some good old music on yesterday, some praise music, singing about Jesus, and I knew I shouldn't have pushed it, but I just can't help myself. You ever get to that point where you're like, in life, where you're like, man, I'm, I, I just don't care what the price is. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm just going to praise him. So that's, that's the kind of mood I was in last night. I was just like, I'm just going to sing terrible notes, all this, you know, and, and anyway, so that's why I'm suffering a little bit more today, but I'm, I'm okay with it, so I, but I just want to give you some context, okay? Um, so anyways, Ephesians chapter 4, all right, back on track. Uh, we're going to be talking about this idea of life change, and the whole idea of life change is built upon a foundation of this, that those who believe in Jesus, those who have received him as Savior, we have a new identity, okay? We're not the person we used to be. We're different. God made us new. We have a new spirit now, all right, with new desires, with new vision, we can see the opportunities that God has set before us to follow him. And not only do we have a new spirit, but we have God's Holy Spirit inside of us. So now, not only do we have new desire and new vision to see opportunities, but now we have new power that God gives us. Why would he do this? It's so that we would be more than just saved. God desires for us to be sanctified. Let me explain. When a person first believes and trusts in Jesus to save them, here's what happens. They are saved from the penalty of sin. Can we say penalty together? Ready? Penalty. Okay, we're saved from the penalty of sin. In other words, my destination was hell before I received Jesus. But after I received him, I didn't have to pay that penalty of sin anymore. Now, heaven is my home. You see how that works? God does all the work. We just believe and he's like, I got you, okay? He does everything. We are saved from the penalty of sin. But a beautiful thing begins at that very same moment. It's called sanctification, where we are beginning to be saved from the power of sin. Can we say power together? Power, okay? God is efforting, is that a verb? God is efforting, he's working constantly to save me from the power that sin once had over me. It's a beautiful thing. And we get to join him in that effort. We're gonna talk a little bit more, that, more about that in a few minutes. But remember this, if you have Jesus, you have the chance to change, I think we can do better. If you have Jesus, you have the chance to change. All right, we're gonna have a couple more opportunities to have that sort of fun, so I just want you to be ready, okay? All right, if you have Jesus, you have the chance to change. That's awesome, okay? God is with you. 
God is for you. He's on your side, all right? If you're in a boxing match, which we all are, by the way, he's in your corner. He's giving you water. He's putting ice on your brow. He's getting the Vaseline. He's pumping you up. He's waking you up like, you got it, right? He's with you. He's for you so that we can experience the Jesus difference in our lives. All right, here we go. Ephesians chapter 4, 1. God is calling us. He's calling us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. See, each of us have a calling. Those who are in Christ, each of us have a calling on our life. He's calling us out of darkness into light. He's calling us from death, the way we were, into the light, life, the, 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 the reality of our spiritual life now. He's calling us to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. He's calling us to live our life according to who we actually are in Christ. How do we do that? Because, Bill, I've got a past, <laughs> right? Like, I come from, and it's kind of messy. I come from certain things, certain places. I come from, right? and, and to be honest, I've got some current struggles right now, too. And by the way, um, every time I try to live perfectly or sin-free, you know, um, I, gotta, I, I just, I'd hate to disappoint you, Bill, but um, I'm, I'm like 0 for 10, 0 for 20. I, I stopped keeping track. I just can't figure, listen, I'm not a professional like you are, Pastor Bill. I just haven't figured this out. And, and on top of that, um, listen, I've been dealing with stuff for a lot of years and I'm pretty sure this is just the way I am. It's kind of like family genetics or just habits. And it's just kind of become just the person I am today, you know? Um, I've even heard of this thing called like a generational curse. And I think I totally am like a victim of that. I just, just can't do this. So friend, I, I wanna encourage you in something. I wanna pull back the veil, because like we, we, we see a lot of things the way we're not supposed to see them. So I wanna I want help us all out, myself included, by the way. We all need reminders, even if you heard this before, but Jesus wants to make a difference in your life. So just take a quick inventory right now. Just I'm gonna give you five seconds. I encourage you to take a deep dive maybe later today, okay, after we're done here. But, but so it's a quick inventory. What's the one area of life that you would just love to, to see Jesus make a difference in? Like, what's that one area? Maybe it's something that's obvious. People always talk to you about that. Why are you so mean in the morning? You're just so grumpy. Like, like put your bed against the wall so you always wake up on the right side of the bed. Why don't you try that, okay? Like, like maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's some area of life that nobody knows about, okay? Some of us have, have that going on. Say, like, what, what area of life would you like Jesus just to make a really big difference? And I'm talking about life change. What's that area? So just think about that and kind of keep that you know, right here, maybe right here somewhere as, as we continue to spend our time together in God's word. Remember this, we are not who we used to be. If you have Jesus, you have a chance to change, amen. All right, let's get in to Ephesians 4. I'm gonna start reading in verse 17. Here we go. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church. Ephesus is an uh, ancient city, in Greece, Paul is writing to the believers in that city. And here, here's what he says. So I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. Paul is like, listen up. This is really important, and it's not meant to be an option. The things that I'm about to say are really important. 
I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. When you hear the word Gentiles right here, think unbelievers. You must no longer live as the unbelievers do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and they're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. Here's what happens whenever you reject God. Your mind, your understanding is darkened. All right, this is true of someone. I resemble this comment before you come to Christ, you don't understand things the way you could or should. You don't see things clearly. You don't process things according to the truth. You process things according to your own truth. I mean, you're doing your best, but you just, when we reject God, our understanding is darkened. And then after that, our hearts are hardened. Whenever we reject God, all right, this is true of unbelievers. This is true of believers, by the way, too, which is part of the reason Paul is saying, hey, stop doing this, okay? But when we reject God, our heart becomes hard. We see an example of this back in the book of Exodus, way at the beginnings of our Bible, um, with Pharaoh. He rejected God. He hardened his own heart. And then after that, God hardens his heart further. Think of like a calloused heart, which is insensitive, Right? You, you, you can't hear from God like you did five minutes ago before you rejected him again. And then if you reject him again, it hardens further. And you just become insensitive to God's leading. And you used to hear him really loud, right? And used to be clear. And used to kind of wrestle between right and wrong. But his voice just gets quieter and it gets quieter. And pretty soon you're just kind of giving yourself over to like whatever you want until you can't hear his voice anymore. That's how it works. It's that progression. When we reject God, that's what happens every time. And when you take that further and further, here's the destination, is that the filter you run everything through is the me filter. All right, that's why the last word we read there a second ago was greed. Everything's about me instead of he, right? So that's the situation in Ephesus. You've got believers who are living like unbelievers, all right? Pretend you went on vacation and you, to family vacation. Hey, we're going to Ephesus this summer, okay? And you go, you go to Ephesus. Any people watchers out there? Any people watchers? Uh, okay, wow, a lot of you. Okay, I am not, so I think you're weird. All right, I've never understood this, but I've heard it's fun, and I've tried it. I just, I can't do it. But online, I know there's some people watchers too, but like, like this, this would be like you go family vacation, and you're like, we're going to the park, and you sit on a park bench, and you just kind of watch people out there. And, and if you did that in Ephesus, you couldn't tell the difference between who was a believer and who was an unbeliever. All right, you would hear them talk. You couldn't, you couldn't distinguish, oh, those are Christians and those aren't Christians. It would all just kind of blend together. They'd all seem the same. You see, they've got Jesus, the believers there, they've got Jesus, they have Jesus, but they don't have any life change. 
Do you know anybody like that? Have you met anybody like that? They have Jesus, but they don't have life change. Have you seen anyone like that ever before in the mirror, perhaps? I know I have, okay? Like, like do you have Jesus, but you don't have life change? For years after I received Jesus, this is early on in my Christianity, man, I, I would continue to listen to the same music that I listened to before, all right? And this music was absolutely horrible. It was filthy. It was all about drugs. It was all about violence. It was all about sex outside of marriage. And, and it just, I just let it in my ears all the time. And I even watched music videos because, you know, MTV was really cool at the time. And I just, when they played videos, and I just like, would watch that and let it in. One thing that Nicole and I, by God's grace, because we didn't come up with this. God kind of says this in his word. That's where all of our good ideas come from, so don't give us any credit, by the way. But one thing we've been, by God's grace, been able to teach our children over the years is this. Be really careful what you let into your eyes and your ears, because whatever comes into your eyes and ears, it not only goes in your eyes and ears, but it enters your mind, and then it enters your heart. And like Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter six, if there's darkness in here, it affects everything else. See, in those early years, and this is still true today, thank you, Lord Jesus, but in those early years, I wanted to be more like Jesus. See, because God was leading me there. Remember, it's the constant effort of, of the Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus, and it's up to us whether to cooperate or participate in that effort. Remember that part? Okay, it's still true. So I was like that in my early years, but I wasn't seeing the life change that I wanted to see. And I never was going to see the life change that I wanted to see because I wasn't willing to stop doing some things. It's that simple. Listen, God is calling us as believers to live differently, to live a life that's holy and set apart for him. I'm not gonna live like everybody else. I know I'm physically here, but spiritually I'm here. I'm living different, and it's all about you. You are calling me and leading me to live like Jesus. If we have Jesus, but we don't have any life change, it's because he's absent in that area of life. Like Jesus, you can come with me to church and we're gonna sing, and we're gonna sit under some good teaching. God, I hope it's good teaching. I hope it's from your word and not just whatever the person who's talking, whatever there is on their mind that day. But God, I'm, you're totally invited there. And God, you're totally invited when I go to my small group. You're totally invited when I pray before dinner, the times that I remember. Like, you're totally invited. You to we'll, we'll even save a chair for you, Jesus. Like, you can totally, like, you're totally invited. Like, so invited. But maybe not when... I go to my sports league or my fantasy football draft because, um, like, you know what? Um, I'm really competitive, so it's just kind of, you know, no holds barred there. And, you know, I'm with, I'm with the guys, so, yeah, you're just not, you know, I'm just hanging out with them. You're not invited there. Or, or my kids are acting up, and, and I, like, lose my temper. Like, you're not invited in, in that area of my life. Um, listen, it's... It's not that Jesus isn't actually there, he is. It's just we don't invite him in, right? That's how it works. It's like having a new pair of shoes, but refusing to put them on, right? I'm just gonna hang on to these old ones here because, oh, I just really like them, you know? It's, it's like that. If you have Jesus, you have the chance to change. The question becomes, Really quickly, 
Will you? Will you change? Let's keep reading. Verse number 20. Here we go. That, however, so Paul just got done describing what the believers are living like, and they're living the same as the unbelievers. And then he says this in verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So think back to when you first heard and believed the gospel and received Jesus Christ, all right? You, you heard that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You heard that he rose three days later for your life and you believed and you trusted him to save. I can't do this myself, God. I need your help. I need you to save me. The, the reason I'm bringing this up, the reason Paul is bringing this up is that we're, we're, we're trying to learn by God's grace. I'm trying to show you by God's grace. I'm trying for all of us, myself included, once again, to appreciate this truth, maybe for the first time, but certainly once again for many of us, that when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, not only were our sins paid for, but our sins became powerless. They don't have the power over us that they did before. See, the hierarchy has changed when I trusted Jesus to save me. I have power over sin now by God's grace. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he did that so that you and I could have life, that we could live like him forever, but also that we could live like him now. Ooh. Okay, okay, God, pulling back the curtain. You're, you're telling me, okay, like, did you just feel like the blinders coming off? Do you feel some of these scales just falling from your eyes? Like, okay, there's more to this Christianity thing than me just going to heaven. Do you kind of feel some of that happening? Because I do, and I'm just rejoicing in it right here as we spend our time together. I was texting with a close friend of mine the other day, like earlier this week. True story. He's got young kids right now. And I was thinking back, right? We're, we're talking about this. I was saying, man, when I had young kids, um, it was just a tough time, a tough season, a tough period of life for me. I felt like, you know, everything was changing. You know, I felt like um, everything was being taken from me, right? Uh, instead of receiving the blessings that God was giving of screaming children and vomit and dirty dust. Like, I just, I was like, I don't like this, you know? I wanna sleep, and, and he's like, no, I'm giving you the gift of never sleeping, you know? So I was just hard for me to, anyway, so I'm empathizing with him, and I, and, and, and I said, man, I, I, I remember being so grumpy. I remember being like, just so selfish, if I'm honest. It's a strong word, but I think it's accurate. Um, like I said, I felt like everything was being taken from me, so I just had this, this impulse or this reaction to try and take that time back. And I started to like distance myself from the family in some ways, because I just wanted some me time, all right? That's, that's how I was thinking. I'm not saying it was right, but, but that is what was happening in my heart, and it was playing out in my life. And instead of embracing the opportunity and the gifts that God gave me, I rejected them. I was grumpy and I could have been happy. Right? I was isolated, but I could have been together with my family. So I tried to encourage my friend. Jesus can make a difference in your heart and how you're living your life. That you don't have to look back on family photos like me and feel some of the feelings that I feel. Like you can look back and say, I followed Jesus and he made a difference in my life. Perhaps there's some 
families here at Fox River, some parents who have young children, and you're kind of feeling that right now. Um, I think some of that hope that we felt when we first came to Jesus, I think he wants to rekindle a lot of that right now in many of our hearts. Perhaps he's doing that. Listen, if you have Jesus, you have a chance to change. Let's keep reading. Verse 22, Paul continues. He says, you were taught, right? So think back to when you received Jesus. You were taught with regard to your formal way of life, and he's gonna name three things, all right? Three things coming up. He says, you were taught this, to put off your old self, that's the first part, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then the second part, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And the third part, to put on the new self. So put off the old self, be made new. And then the third part is to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I gotta say that those last few words once again, created to be like God. in true righteousness and holiness. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Created to be like God. He gives us those three steps. Put off some stuff, be made new, and put on your new self. Listen, this is not psychology. This is Christianity. That's how it works. <laughs> this is not moralism, like do the right thing, be a better person, all right? Like, those are good things. I'm, I'm kind of poking fun at it because if you remove Christ from it, it's, it's honestly worthless. 100 years from now, we'll all agree, by the way, okay? But this is not moralism. This is not behavior modification. This is the Jesus difference in you. See, God's constant effort, once again, is to make us more and more and more and more and more like Jesus, but it's up to us whether or not to participate in that effort, to join Jesus in that effort. For a lot of my life, my spiritual life as a Christian, I would pray this prayer, God change me. God change, just, just do a little like zap and I'm different. I just got some stuff I'm dealing with and I just can't seem to shake it. God, I got these old shoes, I wanna take them off, but I just, every time I do, I just kinda come come back and, and screw up my microphone and the rest of my life and all of that. And I just, like, I just, God, just change me that I don't want these things anymore. I just want to put them off for good, I would say, because I would hear testimonies. I would hear stories of, of Christians that would say, I just prayed, God changed me, and all of a sudden, have, I even had a close friend. He's no longer with us, God rest his soul, but he was hooked on drugs for a long time. He prayed that prayer, and God changed him. Just in an instant, he didn't have any more cravings when it was around him, and it really wasn't around him a whole lot, but people would ask him early on, hey, you want a hit? And he'd be like, no, he wasn't tempted. He just totally dropped. Like, I wanted that. So I would pray that prayer. God, change me. Expecting some kind of miracle to happen on the inside because I knew it was possible. But the real reason was this, because I didn't want to put in the work. I didn't. It was hard. It was arduous. It was grueling. I wanted the easy road. God, you do all the work. You know, like you did before, you saved me from the penalty of sin. You did all the work. Can you just save me from the power of sin too? Can you just do all the work on that one? That's not how it normally happens. There are exceptions, and we've all heard them. But 99% of the time, that is not how it works. See, 
as Christians, we have a lot of problems and pain that we carry into our Christianity, all right? There's no TSA. Nobody's checking your bags. Like, you can just drag his hunter bags in, and, and nobody's inspecting. You just, like, take them with you. That's what we do. We, we take our bag. We take all sorts of stuff, the problems, the pain from the past. We, we drag it all back, and the moment we get rid of it, man, we just pick it up sometimes, don't we? Like, man, I just got to go back to, I'm just used to it. You know, it's not that bad. And then you get reintroduced. You're like, what the heck was I thinking? And it's just cycle repeats and repeats. All those problems, all that pain. But God gives us new shoes. But he does not do the shoe swap. He doesn't take your old shoes off for you. He doesn't put the new shoes on for you. And he doesn't force you and I to walk. That's our part. It's really important that we understand that's our part. The good news is this. If you have Jesus, you have the chance to change. The question becomes, once again, will you? Will you put off your old self? I'm talking about the way you think. I'm talking about the way you talk. The way you live out your life. Will you put off your old self? You know there's no benefit. There's just pain with the old shoes, the old way of living. It's just pain. It's not gonna benefit you later. You're not taking those things into heaven. There's not gonna be those sinful things that you've done for so many years, and even as a Christian, on and off, you've entertained. Like, they're not gonna be in the presence of the holy God when you're there. They hurt you now, and you're not gonna have them later on. Are you willing to put those things off? Are you willing to be made new by God? James chapter four, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. And that is the normal behavior of a Christian that never stops. God, I know I came to you yesterday, but I'm back again. I just need some new shoes again, you know? I just, I just need some, some more grace from you. I know I was here earlier today, but, but I'm back. You know, I just, I just want more of what you have. And God, is it okay if I just, can I just stay here? Can I just kind of hang out with you? Maybe, maybe stay longer or maybe just not leave? Can, I, can we do a sleepover? Can we, like, can we just, can I hang out? And God's like, yes. That's exactly what I designed you to do, that we could do life together. Not only in heaven, right, but, but now as well. Like, let's just, let's just be one, all right? It's when you spend time with him in the word. You spend time with him in prayer. You spend time with him in community. You spend time with him in music. In the problems of life, when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And he gives you new information. He gives you new grace. He gives you new desires. He gives you new opportunities, new vision. He gives you new power. It's like receiving new shoes. These are the old ones, but it's like receiving new shoes. Will you put them on? Will you put on your new self? See, when you first believed in Jesus and trusted him to save, you became a new person. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You were created to be like God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. We just read it together. You were created to be righteous, like doing right things. 
You were created to do those things. You were created to live a life holy and set apart, sanctified for God. Oh, man, that's, what, that's why he made us. I'm talking about being kind and patient like Jesus with those who just refuse to love you back. Living righteously and holy. I'm talking about forgiving people like Jesus forgave people. Even those who really hurt you and honestly, they just screwed up your life. You're carrying some scars and even some open wounds. You're carrying those with you and your life, you know this, it's just the way it is. You didn't choose it. But your life is not gonna be what it could. You, you see other people and they kind of got it all together, but you, you just, you're broken. And you're always gonna be broke. You're always gonna carry these scars. It's just how you feel. Will you forgive those people? Are you willing to have self-control like Jesus did? Are you willing to put a stake in the ground? Because in the name of Jesus, you have that power. No more drugs. No more alcohol. No more fits of rage. I'm not gonna lose it on my family anymore. No more pornography. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I know it's gonna be difficult, but I'm just gonna draw near to God in faith that he's gonna draw near to me and I'm gonna receive the power that he says I have access to. Are you gonna have self-control when it comes to your sexuality and your sexual preferences? And I know we've got all sorts of excuses, but God's got some boundaries that he's set. God, help me to stay in bounds. I wanna encourage you today. You are not who you used to be. And you don't have to live like that person anymore. God is calling you. God is leading you into life change. And with his help, you can do it. This is not self-help. This is God's help. God offers to us today the power of his Holy Spirit. Pastor Guy told us about this a couple weeks ago. This is from Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 and 20. We have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. Think about that. How much power does it take to raise somebody who is dead and not breathing and bring them to life? I don't know how much power it takes to do that, but I know the Holy Spirit has it. How much power does it take not only to bring a dead person to life, but seat him at the right hand of the Father, the position of power, honor, glory, strength, esteem, respect, the list goes on forever. How much power? Does, I don't even know where that is. I punch that into my GPS and there's an error that comes up. I don't know how to get there, let alone put someone there, yet the power of the Holy Spirit is what did that. And we have access, as believers, we have access to that same power. Listen, God's got some new shoes for you. Will you put them on? Will you put them on? Will you live like you're free? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, John chapter eight. Will you walk out your faith according to who you are? Your identity is in Christ. Will you even run because you got Jesus and he's made a difference in you. See, here's the great lie 
that we tell ourselves. Here's the great lie that we allow others to perpetuate in our lives. Here's the great lie that the devil just kind of chirps over and over and over in our ears. Here's the great lie. You can't change. You were born that way. You've been doing that for too long. There's no hope for you. You can't change. You've tried and failed. You're just gonna fail again. There's no hope for you. I know God talks about the power of the Holy Spirit and it sounds all awesome and stuff, but like it's not, it's just not reality. You can't change, that's the lie. The truth is this, if you have Jesus, you have a chance to change. And if you don't have Jesus, I wanna invite you to receive him right now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the good news of your gospel, Lord, that you died for our sins, that you rose from the grave three days later, God, that sin might be rendered powerless in our lives after we turn to you. Lord, that we would live like you, not only in eternity like in heaven, but eternity now as well. God, we thank you for the hope and the joy that comes from the good news of your gospel. God, we thank you for the power and the real ability and the real opportunity, Lord, to be like you and to turn the tables on this sin thing in our life and to have power over it. God, for those this weekend here at Fox River and our whole family across all campuses online, God, for those saying in their hearts, maybe even with their lips right now, I believe in you, Lord Jesus, and I'm ready to receive you for the first time because I want to make some changes by your grace in my life. For those calling out to you now, Lord, please hear them and receive them. If that's you, I want to ask you to do something pretty bold. I want you to raise your hand right now. If that's you, I receive Jesus and I'm ready to make some changes in my life with God's help. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for every believer in our Fox River family, God, remind us who we are. We're your children, Lord God. Remind us who you are. You are God Almighty. And remind us, Lord, that you are with us, but also within us. God, help us to trust you like, like we've trusted you before. Help us to understand and to live out this truth that freedom is more than just an idea, but that it will be a reality in our experience as we follow you and we experience the Jesus difference in our lives. May we as your church represent you, Lord, and carry not only the love of Jesus, but the message of Jesus. Help us to represent you, Lord, in our homes, in our workplaces, and in our communities, Lord, that others might get to see and experience the Jesus difference as well. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.